Undiscovered Planet Podcast, hosted by Damo Sims and Nick Stefani. Yay! Hello, welcome to the show. Nick Stefani here is the cheer mate straight from me, straight to you. And I've got to say, you know, I am absolutely flabbergasted because my good colleague, my better half, my co-host, Damo Sims, is actually... It looks like he's had a makeover today. How are you, Damo? I'm very well, Nick, and I have had a makeover. Have you done your hair? It's not. No, it's not me hair. I've actually had a. Um, I've had a forehead transplant. <laughs> <laughs> Love your life. <laughs> That's the one. That's oh, the one. fantastic, fantastic! How you been, mate? You've been all right. Oh, you wouldn't believe how brilliant I've been. It's like I've had such a busy time recently and then everything's like kind of slowed down a little bit now. So I've I've got time to enjoy life, stop and enjoy life again. Yeah, but that's the way so, that's the way uh, li- that's the way life should be, mate. Every time. Every single time. It should be like that. And it is now. It's just that sometimes you've got to climb a mountain. You do. So, so you've got to climb a mountain. To, to to see the view sometimes. No, absolutely, and then appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I've, I, I as you know, Damo, I've not been the best mental health wise. I'm, I'm, I'm actually yeah. starting therapy tomorrow, so you know, okay, keep, keep, your, finger, keep your fingers crossed for that, um, and I'll let you know how I how how that goes. Um, but anyway, enough about me. What about today's show? Yeah. I tell you what, we've got a cracking guest. We have the one. The only, the global ambassador for the Highlands, Mr. Willie Cameron, also known as Mr. Loch Ness. Yes, we'll be speaking yeah. all things Loch Ness, plus a little bit later on, Damo. Yeah, let's see if you get a full house on Stepani's Supernatural Quiz with a little I bit. I need to. A little bit more. Because I, I know you said, you know, I mean, this is off air. I mean, I know you said it on the show last week, you know, you know, it's so easy. These questions, and that's Josh. Sometimes, you stupid sometimes, boy, yeah. Josh. You need to sort yourself out. All right. In fact, Josh has turned up with a friend today. He's turned up with a Russian a friend? friend. Yeah, a Russian friend who's a sound engineer. Okay. Yeah, he's turned okay. up with a Russian friend who's a sound engineer. Yeah, and a check one too. <laughs> Right. That's actually quite good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Let him be who he wants in. You know, this guy's a sound engineer. So. Oh, Damo, that's enough of that, man. I can't help it. All right. I've told you, do that before we go, you know, recording. Okay. Well, listen, I... I, go, I, I go up in that much air when I'm talking. That's what it is. No, clearly, clearly. Listen, I want to know if our next guest knows anything about a 25,000 bounty that has been put on the Loch Ness. So we'll ask him. We'll ask him. 
little bit later on. But first of all, you know, I know you're going to agree with me, Damien. This is such a wonderful, wonderful person to have on today's show. It is the man that knows I think it's a, everything yeah. about the Loch Ness. Mate, he is, a, he is like a huge scoop for us to get him come on and talk to us. And what I've spoke to him briefly before, um, just off air, we, where we were kind of linking up, what a lovely bloke he is. He's honestly, he's just, he's just such a good guest for us to have on. I can't wait really to speak to him. Willie, welcome to the show. So it's fair to say that uh, you must be one of the most passionate people about Loch Ness, Willie. Can you start by telling us what sparked your fascination with Loch Ness? Well, James, having been brought up in this area, um, I'm 73 next birthday, so a long time ago, the subject as far as the, the phenomena that we now know globally as the Loch Ness Monster has fascinated me most of my life. Any young man living up in, in this area, or any young man in the world, really, to be quite honest, because mm. the Loch Ness story is a, a global phenomenon. It's not just uh, localised as far as the United Kingdom or Scotland is concerned, but my 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 whole story was catapulted into the global arena um, in 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 1965, June the 15th, 1965, is the date in question. But uh, it was about a week later, about the 22nd of June, that the story was revealed to me, and I happened to be a 14-year-old boy when I happened yes. to be in my that mother was your, and father's I, I was going to say, that was your father that, that had, a, had a sighting. Yeah, my, my, my father, Ian Cameron, the late Ian Cameron, he died in 2005. He had a, a most unusual sighting of something. Never said he saw the Loch Ness Monster. But he saw something which he reckoned had both a mind source and a power source in Loch Ness, quite a large object that went with the wind and then turned and went against the wind. But the interesting thing regarding his sighting was, um, although the scientists say categorically there is nothing there because there is no plesiosaur, there is no uh, sturgeon, there is no large unknown animal because the scientists say that the food supply in Loch Ness is not large enough to sustain a creature or creatures that the eyewitnesses are reporting. It's a very, very bold statement, uh, not knowing what this creature or what this thing is, to, to even suggest that it eats along the same lines as we eat, you know, or, or what other fish or what other mammals, sea mammals eat. So it's a very, very bold statement. But my father put a completely different twist on the on the subject by putting a legal aspect as opposed to a scientific aspect on the subject. A legal aspect? What, what, how do you mean, a legal right. aspect? Right. The legal aspect was my father was a servant police officer, hmm. and when he was interviewed a week after the sighting by a man called Ted Holliday, F.W. Holliday, a Welsh farmer and journalist that wrote the book The Great Arm of Loch Ness, published by Faber and Faber, uh, when he was interviewed, because Ted Holliday also saw the object on that night, there was five people, at least we, we, we know, there was at least five people on the northern shore. And with my father on the southern shore, there was three people. Now, they watched this object for over 50 minutes, coming with the wind, rotating in the water, very gently rotating, which showed it had a mind source. It wasn't the wind that was rotating it. And then it turned 
and went against the headwind. And the only way you can do that is either mechanical or animate, one or the other, mm. uh, to propel you against the, against the wind. And they watched it, as I say, for over 50 minutes. So when, when Holiday questioned my father, and I was there, I sat through this interview, and this was the first time I'd actually heard the story. And being a typical policeman, he was extremely staccato as far as his answers were concerned to Holiday. Were you fishing Loch Ness last Wednesday? Yes, I was. Did you see anything unusual? Yes, I did. Could you describe what you saw? Yes, I can. Can you describe it to me now? Yes, I will describe it to you. Could you draw it for me? And that's all the way it went. There was no embellishment at all to what he said. But when Holiday said to him, as you're probably well aware, Mr. Cameron, the scientists say categorically there's nothing there because the food supply isn't large enough. Well, Ian Cameron turned around and said to Holiday, he said, I don't really care what this thing eats, Mr. Holiday. It could live in fresh air for all I care, he says, because I saw it and you have just told me at least four or five people saw it with you. And he says, I know three people saw it with me. So taking a legal aspect, if there's nine witnesses to an incident at that time at that locus who did not collude prior to the event, but the story has been corroborated by a third party, namely you, Mr. Holiday, after the event, you present that in a court of law, believe you me, wow. judge and jury would find in the positive. So that was the legal aspect. Nine witnesses God. saw the object that night that we are aware of. That's amazing. That is amazing. Can, can you remember, though, Willie, at uh, 14 years old, what emotions came over you when you were first told about the situation well, with your father? Well, I, I, knew, I knew my father was... was was totally 100% genuine in what he saw. He never said he saw the Loch Ness monster. He saw a very large object in Loch Ness that went with the wind, but turned and went against the wind. Now, he had been a fisherman since he was an angler, since he was an eight-year-old boy. He caught his heaviest Atlantic salmon at 18-pounder when he was 14 years of age. He had served in the Royal Air Force uh, on Catalina and Sunderland flying boats in the Japanese campaign, based in Mombasa and Kenya, based on the Seychelles Islands, and based in both Burma and Sri Lanka, all coastal because, of course, he was on flying boats. So he lived on the sea. So he fished the Indian Ocean. He also had, a me he was a member of a very a, 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 a exclusive club called the Tanak Club. That's catching a, a, a fish over 100 pounds. The heaviest common skate that he caught off the coast of Liverpool was 167 pounds, six foot from nose to tail with a seven-foot wingspan. He fished the Indian Ocean. He was an excellent shot. He was a, a, a brilliant poacher uh, uh, in his day. So as far as the wildlife, he was also an expert on the wildlife of Great Britain, and he was an advisor to Lord Russell Johnson, a sitting member of Parliament. Every time there was anything came up about the game laws of Scotland, oh. fishing, stalking or shooting. So he was regarded as a very, very credible witness. So I knew I knew exactly. I, I, I wasn't overexcited. I knew fine the story he told to Holiday was one hundred percent totally genuine. That's amazing. I mean Damon, what, what what's your take on this? I'm fascinated by by all. I mean, I've read a lot of uh, uh, what Willie's been through when we had a brief conversation as well before this, uh, and I knew yeah. I knew this was going to be absolute gold to talk to Willie. I, I wanted to find out pre pre this experience that your father had. What we what were the stories you were told about the Loch Ness monster before? I mean, you must have heard of tales of this before. Well, absolutely. My my, my father, my grandfather 
My grandfather was deported from America, and he came from this area. He was deported from America as an undesirable alien and jailed on Ellis Island for six months for running rum between Cuba and Florida during the Prohibition. And when he came back to this country on a free passage after getting out of jail, he took over the shop and fires on the shores of Loch Ness. And my father was brought up there as a young, young boy for a period of his life. And he always heard stories. There was an old lady that lived in the village of Foyle called Granny Gray. And she, she told regular, regular stories about the beast, about whatever it was in Loch Ness, whatever you want to call it. It was the, in these days, it's regarded as the beast. But you see, historically, it goes back to the whole story, it goes back to Pictish time. And the, 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 the sighting that Aldi Mackay had in 1933 projected it into the modern idiom we know today and classified by the media as the Loch Ness Monster. At the end of the day, we don't know what it is. Maybe no more a monster than Flight of the Moon, but having, using the term monster, which I technically think is the wrong term to use, it's the phenomena of what is as far as Loch Ness. But what the general public don't understand, this is a huge, this is a vast, vast area. 850 feet deep, 24 miles long, a mile and a half wide. Good God, man, it, 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 it's, it's huge. It's beyond the realm of the imagination. Yeah. I mean, Willie, would you agree with the term that Nessie is a mythical creature, or do you think there's something really, really more to it? Well, as I tell people, and most of the people, I've done over 120 documentaries in my time. In fact, I did, I was wow. doing a research today with a company that's doing something for Channel 4. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, Gentlemen, we are only mere mortals. Who are we to say categorically there is nothing there? Or he, why should the scientists turn around and say there's not enough food to sustain a creature or creatures that the eyewitnesses are reporting? My God, that's a bold, bold statement. Mm. Wow. No, I mean, about, so apart from your father, Willie, have you met anybody else who has claimed oh, to have witnessed? The Loch Ness well, I Monster. Know, I, I know three people that, for game, save, or fortune, wouldn't 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 let you interview them. Interview them for really? fear of ridicule. Oh, ridicule. For fear of ridicule. You're joking. One was an, wow. One was an eminent solicitor, and as right. he said, he did one television program back in 1967 for Richard Lindsay of And he said to me at the time, "How can I possibly stand up in a court of law and people turn around and say, oh, well, that's the X, Y, Z that saw the Loch Ness Monster, you know? So mm. your credibility is the window. Yeah, no. And I know I know another uh, 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 businessman with a high profile as far as the Highlands of Scotland is concerned, who also told me that he saw something in Loch Ness which was most unusual. And a shepherd who lived above the law, and again, he didn't want to, as he said himself, everybody would think they'd be having a big drama, they'd be having a large, couple of large whiskey kind of when I'm turning around and saying, well, he fished the lock. He was out in a boat regular or not. It's, 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 I was trying to explain to people before is that <clears throat> if you've got a front lawn in your garden and you wake up in the morning and there's a big, mighty big hole in the garden, you know there's a material change in, the, the, in your lawn. But yeah. Loch Ness is like that to the people that live here. It's just we notice a material change as far as the surface of that lock is concerned, no matter where you are and it's full 24 miles. So if you're used to looking at the lock day in, day out, day in, day out, and you see something that wasn't there yesterday or something that wasn't there a year ago or something that wasn't there two weeks ago, you know what a, that, that is a material change. So therefore, you want to identify what it is. Amazing.
I really, a, a couple of weeks back, we did a um, just a impromptu, an impromptu calls to 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 various people around Inverness. Uh, Damo had a, a selection of calls, and I did a selection of calls. And I spoke to one chap who said, "You know, you're talking fresh water here. We're talking fresh water." And yes. under allegedly, I mean, maybe you can clarify this. Are there caves deep under the Loch Ness? No. Right. Well, this chap who we spoke to, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was just well, a, it was just a random, but, you know. <laughs> yes, there might be, there might be indentations in the 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 rock face. Right. But as as far as caves are concerned, I've just come back from Nerha in southern Spain, looking at the caves there. Wow. Amazing caverns. No, that that's not that's not in Loch Ness. There might be indentations into the side. I've been twice to the bottom of Loch Ness on a submarine dip oh, to wow. a depth of six hundred and fifty feet. And I climbed a, a hill of two hundred and fifty feet and went down the other side of it to a depth of six hundred and fifty feet. My and gosh. believe you me, there's no I never that never right, that was only one small part. Yeah. But this sure. is about caves, caves, nah. Right, okay. Well, if there's one person that I, you know, I'm going to take that from, that, that, that's you, Mr. Loch Ness. <laughs> Simple Definitely. as that. Simple as that. Uh, uh, I guess people say, well, lots and lots of... See, there was, a, there was a, an incident many, many years ago where a well-known lady, uh, there was a speedboat accident, she lost some jewellery, and they took up a diver from Recite, the old uh, belt suit divers, and they put him down, and he came up uh, raving. Absolutely, completely. And of course, the, the story that went round then was, oh, he was sucked into a cave and he saw giant frogs and blah, 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 blah. Absolutely of nonsense. The guy suffered the bend. That was it. But the story that went out was that he saw something horrific down there in a cave, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I was okay. just going to say that would be the bands wanted because that, that can create it. Well, I think, it, I think it'd be interesting, mate, just for the listeners, if we can kind of kind of hold it here a little minute, just take it back and kind of build the story up because even though I'm pretty sure that every single person on this planet has heard of the story, probably the most famous cryptid in the world is the Loch Ness Monster. It, when, did it, when did it start? What was the first ever sighting of Loch Ness Monster? Because I, I seem to remember well, that there was, wasn't the um, a mythological one where a monk or somebody went up against the monster and then there was a, a, a recent sighting like 1933 or something? Yeah, well, well the, the origin, which is not localised as far as Loch Ness is concerned, is that the pre, pre-Christianity, uh, this area was inhabited by the Picts, Pictish tribes. These were the, the, the people that came after the hunter-gatherers, and they settled in communities round this amazing piece of water. Now... These people worship the sun, the moon, the stars, fire, wood. But most of all, in this area, they worship the spirit, the spirit of the loch, the spirit of the lake. Now, that is not uncommon in indigenous tribes. The Red Indians in North America, the, the Indians in Papua, Papua New Guinea, uh, natives in the Congo. As far as water sources concerned, the whole worship, because water is life. Water is more valuable than oil, more valuable than power in many, many places. In many communities in the world, water is, is God as far as they're concerned. So it's understandable that the indigenous people worship the, the, the power of the water and what the water gave them. 
Now, Christianity spread from Spain, France, over to Ireland, and the Irish Christian monks came to Scotland through the island of Iona. My village in Drogdundadrock, it was two streets named after two of these, St. Ninian and St. Drosden. But the main man himself, the big, the big boy of the whole Christianity coming to Scotland was St. Columba. And he was, went to see King Brood, the head of the Picts down at the Inverness end, and Ipchus, the head of the Picts up at my end of the law. And they were not having it. They, were, they weren't going for this Christianity thing at all. So he was up against it and being, not wanting to be defeated by the, 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 the non-belief of the Pictish tribes, he came up with a story that one of his followers was attacked or killed or whatever by the mythical piece of crossing between Loch Ness and the Loch Ness joined together. And by him making the sign of the crucifix, the sign of Christianity, the sign of the cross, the beast abated and went into the dark, deep waters of Loch Ness. He started spreading that story around and convinced the Pictish tribe that Christianity was the way forward. That was the first as far as the general public of the area at that time regarding the, the conversion to Christianity. And that's where the, the whole monster story, or where the whole beast of Loch Ness began. And then, over the years, but many, many sightings were recorded prior to 1933. And the 1933, what happened then was the road was built on the northern shore. So that opened it up. But the other things that have got to be taken into consideration, more and more people were attracted to the highlands of Scotland because Queen Victoria bought Balmoral Castle. And it was believed for boarding part of the world, it was good for people to travel. And one of the areas was an area called Achanalt, which is just outside Inverness, uh, on the road uh, between Dingo and the west coast of Scotland. And a man called Casey, Ariel Casey, was there, and it's, it's, to try and describe it, it's low, flat plains. And he imagined that the dinosaur could roam there. He woke up thinking, well, this is an area that if I saw a dinosaur, I wouldn't be over surprised. I would be, because this would be its natural habitat. And they wrote a book called The Monsters of Achenault. And people came from London looking, believing that there was dinosaurs in the Highlands of Scotland. Relayed the story back to her patrons in the hotel. The story worked its way down the loch to a man called Alex Campbell who was the water bailiff in Fort Augustus, and he was also a stringer, a hack for the local newspaper. And, of course, he had grown up with a story, like everybody around about here grew up with a story. But this was the story coming from Aldi Mackay, a genuine lady, an upstanding member of the community. She wouldn't be telling party pies. So Alex Campbell slightly embellished the story a bit to make it more interesting for the sub-editor at the Inverness Courier. The article was submitted, and the terrible tragedy was Alex Campbell did not even get a credit. It was just written, strange spectacle oh, yeah. on Loch Ness. What was it from a correspondent? Okay. And that was the first time the term monster was used. Okay, um, just an interesting point. I don't know if these ever been mentioned to you before, Willie, but have you ever heard of, of the phrase tulpa? Of who? A tulpa. Spell it. I think it's T U L P E R. A tulpa, basically, a tulpa is 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 a, it's an entity that can be created 
people believe can be created. If enough people believe in something, they will physically create it, will physically manifest it. Some people no, think... I've, 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 never, I've never heard that expression in, in general life. I've never heard that expression. I've certainly never, ever heard it relative yeah. to uh, the phenomena here. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's just a thought again. I mean, the, one thing about the lock, I think everybody everybody appreciates is that it's it's a mystical place. It's somewhere where I know has had great uh, kind of interest from from the likes of uh, we had uh, 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 Crowley. Uh, I think he bought a building on the lock Alistair, there. Yeah, Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley, the Boleskine House. Yeah, he yeah. was he was very much attracted here, and then followed by. Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page you bought the yeah, you bought the place. Jimmy so, Page, yeah. So do we? Do we? It's obviously and the, I had, these. I, a number of years ago, I had Charlie Sheen from America here for three days. Oh wow! wow. So there's the there's this allure of of it being a kind of mystical, almost like kind of spiritual place that that kind of uh, it's an area where things can can connect or even manifest. I know manifestation is yeah. is quite a, a modern kind of way of thinking, and I'm just thinking well, outside. It's got a fasc- it's, got, it's got a fascination. So undoubtedly, the media has created this fascination. If the media hadn't reported Aldi Mackay's sighting, God knows, never got off ground one way or another. But the whole fact is that 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 people they want to believe. But why should they want to believe? It's like we sent a man to the moon, or big question mark is did we send a man to the moon? He came back and told us there's nobody up there, there's nobody on the moon. But believe you me, on a very, very cold, crispy night, when you see that silver ball in the sky, if you could go into everybody's mind that was standing standing in the car park or outside the pub or outside the restaurant looking at that silver ball, 10 to 1, I bet it goes through their mind. Is there somebody up there? Mm. Are there people up there? We can't be the only inhabited planet in this system. Oh, we're, we're not. We're absolutely no, not. We're, we're absolutely not, agreed. mate. So the thing is exactly the same as the law. And as I explained to my audiences, uh, that with artificial intelligence coming in the way it's coming in at a rapid speed at the present moment in time, if they come up with 100 reasons why there is nothing in Loch Ness, believe you me, 50% of the world population will believe there is something in Loch Ness. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'm in a win-win situation, whatever's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, what's your take then, um, Willie, on an American travel writer called Cameron Hewitt? Now, he said, and he was quoted to say, it's merely inflated hype. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's like me being entitled to my opinion. He's certainly entitled to his own opinion. Sure. But as far as inflated hype is concerned, again, it's the media that creates the hype. Yeah, I don't create the hype. Mm. I'm only here telling the story as I know it, the myth, the legend, the culture, the history, the, the, the tales that we have heard. This is, this is genuine folk legend myth. In April 22, I was, a myth, I was invited to the Myths and Legends Conference in Zamora in Castilla Leon in northwest Spain. Now, there was myths and legends from all over the world, some amazing Japanese myths and legends. Some of the small Spanish towns and villages have, have, have great historical tales. At the end of the day, it was a three-day conference. At the end of the day, the only story that television, radio, and the media were wanting to talk about an interview was me and the Loch Ness Monster. Amazing. Wow. Well, I can see why, though. I mean, because you, you, know, you know what you're talking about, Willie, yeah. and that's, that's, that, you know, that is really, really important to, you know, no matter what we're talking about, whether it's ghosts, 
you know, um, big foot. Monster, big yeah. foot. Yeah, big foot. Yes. Well, yeah, I've, I've done I've done pro- programs with the the, the American uh, company that does does the stories on on Bigfoot because we have we have this other phenomena in the mountains in Scotland, the Brock Inspector, where okay. where uh, we did an interview with the Bigfoot team and the Kingdor Mountain Rescue team. Uh, it was two of their people had actually seen the Brock Inspector. It's a it's a trick of the of the light and um, the manifestation of somebody standing in the shadows in a very snow-covered mountain. And the way the light reflects them, they look about 20 foot tall wow. as opposed to wow. five, foot, 5 foot 9. And it's called the Brock Inspector. Wow. Wow. I didn't know but, that. I didn't know anything about that. That's it. No. But is that, is that what it is? Or mm. do we have a Yeti or a Bigfoot or something else in the mountains here? Oh my so, goodness! The, the other story is we've 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 had the indigenous cats. There was one caught up the road. The non-indigenous cats, one caught up the road from where I'm sitting at the present moment in time. A puma was caught up there. Wow! Gosh! And I know plenty. I know plenty of people that have seen uh, pumas mm. in the heights of Scotland. Well, do you know what? I mean, I, I've said this for a long time. Loch Ness. I, I've not even been there, you know. So really. You know, I don't think that I am. I've got my opinion, obviously, from from what I've read and, and what I've seen over the years online, of course. But I've never actually visited the lock itself, and that is one thing that I'd like to do. And um, maybe if I can arrange it, then um, myself and Dama will 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 come up and uh, we could meet up and you could show us around. Absolutely no problem at all. I do that for, for many, many different people from celebs just to ordinary Jacks and Joes. Fantastic. Um, but the, 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 the thing as far as... The other thing that you've got to try and understand is that maybe the good Lord or somebody higher than he gave us this phenomena because yeah. we, are, we are in a very wild, foreboding part of the, part of the world in the, 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 the northern part of the United Kingdom, Caledonia, North Britain, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the, the periphery of Western Europe with with this amazing landscape we've got one way or another. Round Loch Ness, it's about 100 miles by road all the way around. There's probably, wow. I don't know how many people, maybe 4,000 people souls live here. But I would say last year we probably had two Attracting between forty-five and fifty million pounds sterling to the economy. Unbelievable! Wow. So, when you put it like that, Willie, my goodness me. But the other, the other things you were going back to, what you were saying, but what was the tipping point? Aldi Mackay's sighting was a tipping point. But the other thing that was the biggest tipping point of the lot was the way the world was in nineteen thirty-three. It uh, come out of the Great War. The 1418 war. The world was at peace. Technology was on the move. The movies were a big thing. People had more leisure time, and people read more. And there was two books: was the 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 Lost World by Arthur Conan Doyle, the Scottish writer who created Sherlock Holmes. There was the the great American writer Edgar Rice Burroughs, The Land That Time Forgot. But the biggest tipping point of the lot was in the movies in the United States of America, where people were running out of the cinema in fear when King Kong appeared. Yes. And then people started thinking, could it be possible that there may be an island in the Caribbean where there is a gorilla or an ape 
15, 16, 20 foot tall roaming about? Of course there could be. Why could there not be? Because we saw it in the bloody movies. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. Why could, yeah. why could the dinosaurs not be... We read about it in the land that time forgot. We read about it. Why couldn't they be living in Patagonia? Mm. We read about it. So we know that they're there. Yeah. The next thing is Aldi Mackay's sighting, strange spectacle on Loch Ness. Well, why could the Loch Ness monster not exist? Aldi Mackay saw it. Her husband John saw it. Other people have seen it. So of course it's there. It's in, if it's in your imagination and you read about it and you believe it, you believe it. It's there, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to see it physically to believe. Well, this is it. I mean, I was having a, I was having this discussion with Damo on a, on a previous episode, buddy, and I actually can't remember the time when I first started to to hear about the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot. You know, I I just I, I honestly can't put my finger on it. I can. But the point is, you can. I, I know can. you can, Damo. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, right. Just because I haven't seen it or I've I've never been to Loch Ness doesn't mean that I think it's a load of toffee card. Like I said to no, you, no. you know, like, like I said to Damo Willie many times, you know, I believe that this could be possible. Why could it? You know, why? What? Why could it not be possible? Do you know what I mean? Putting another angle on it completely. Does it have to be something that is tangible? Yeah. Does it have to be something that you touch and feel and see physically? It might not be that at all. Mm. It might. I remember the great uh, 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 Eric Beckford, the, the, the Canadian, uh, American, Swedish guy that had the Bigfoot exhibition in uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles. He had an exhibition of the Loch Ness Monster, an exhibition to Bigfoot, and an exhibition to Roswell. He actually believed that the, 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 the creature that people were seeing, what they were seeing, was something that was here at one time and had been sort of photographed in time. And for some reason, it, when conditions were right, atmospheric or otherwise, that the thing was projected back to the area where it was first manifested itself. Now, we have a phenomenon in the Highlands, and I know people that have seen troops of Highlanders coming over the hill through the heather. Now, they're not there. They're not there. Right. But people have seen them. Because they, they, they were dead long ago. They yeah. were killed at Culloden. Oh, but yeah. people, have, people have seen them. Do you know what? Damo and I were having this very, very conversation about Loch Ness and the fact that possibly, could it be... I mean, how did you say it, Damo, to me? I, I was talking to somebody one day and they said to me, Give, give me, give me some reasons how the lock. Because I, I believe the Loch Ness monster exists. I believe there's something in the lock. And they said to me, "How could it exist?" And we, I went through different scenarios. And one of them was, and I know again, it's a bit outlandish, but I said, "Well, we we get ghosts of people. Why why couldn't there be a ghost of a prehistoric animal yeah. that's still being seen there?" Yeah, similar idea to Beckford. So, so he, there's he something some, there, mate. I know there's something there. This thing was photographed and then it manifested itself back in that spot yeah. where it was with atmospheric conditions or something. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But it's like, yeah, it's like him. Honest with you, any theory that somebody comes up with, whether they're a, a, an eminent scientist or a complete matter of crackpot, uh, I'm quite happy to go along with it. It's like the other one, the other, the other aspect too, which was done. Uh, 
manifest itself came out from quite a, quite a respected member of the literary community one way or another was that whatever it is in Loch Ness, it's nocturnal. It only comes up at night. Hence the reason when my father saw it on June the 15th at 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, mm. we, have, we, have daylight, we have two hours more daylight than London has in wow. June. And if you go further north, so the chemical reaction within the body is totally upset because, of course, there's more daylight than night and it's time to come up to whatever it wants to do when it gets to the surface. And all yeah. of a sudden, Jesus, it's, it's bright up here. It didn't know it was going to be bright because it's chemical uh, uh, time clock in its body saying it's time to come up. Wow. Who knows? Who, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Willie, what's your take? I mean, are you aware of this bounty that has been put on the Loch Ness Monster for £25,000? Yeah, there's, there's, there's always, there's always. I'm, <laughs> there's I'm not paid as much attention to it. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you, you know, I could name you a dozen products that have used Loch Ness for an advertising, for yeah. a, a, a promoting whatever. I remember yeah. a well-known uh, battery, a battery company, which I'll not name. Our uh, speedboat passing Urquhart Castle, towing uh, uh, the Loch Ness monster, and the strap line was, I can go on forever and the name of the battery at the side of it, you know? Right, okay. And then there's been orange telephones, there's been the electric companies, there's been... Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember, KitKat. But KitKat did a, 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 a shot down the lock and the, the, the bagpipes playing in the background and all you saw was a, a red KitKat wrapper, like a hump, coming up right. in the water. Well, it was just before Easter one year, and believe you me, the bookings for Easter for the hotels and everything else were pretty, pretty slow. Once that advert appeared the week before Easter, the bookings were through the roof. Right. Can, can, okay. I, can I just ask these two things? This is on a personal level t- for me, Willie. When, when I was growing up, I was explaining to Nick, when I was growing up, I can remember being a, a small child. I must have been about six years old. And I can remember I was, I was bought a small little Nessie figure. I can even remember. I can remember the feel of it in my hand. You know, I can remember. I was that fond of this this little Nessie figure. I used to play with it in the bath and everything, and I loved That's Nessie. Right. But there was two. There was two stories uh, about Nessie. One of them, which is, I think, really famous. It's like the Patterson Gebling footage version uh, for, for Nessie, which was the the surgeon's photo. And then the other the yeah. other one was I can remember reading in a book a story that I thought was fascinating, and that was uh, an account where there was a couple in a car who claimed that the Loch Ness Monster crossed actually the crossed the road. Yeah, it was out of the water. Yeah, can, you tell us any, can you tell us anything about them two, them two things, the surgeon's photo and the couple that, that experienced it out of the water? Yeah, well, the, surgeon, the surgeon's photograph was, there was a man called Marmaduke Weatherall that was taken, taken up here by, um, kind of mind, um, the guy, I think he was head of the Eagle Star Insurance Company. Uh, Marmaduke Weather was a South African game hunter and he came up here and he was uh, frustrated that he wasn't wasn't finding anything so he created a footprint uh, and some soft ground on the Loch Shore took a plaster cast off it sent it to the National Museum and it turned out it was the footprint of a hippopotamus oh wow 
which was so he was totally ridiculed by the Daily Mail newspaper. The Daily Mail that took him here, totally yeah. ridiculed by the Daily Mail newspaper, and uh, left the left the arena as far as Loch Ness was concerned. Very upset, very annoyed. He came up with the idea of trying to get bluff the Daily Mail newspaper. So he and his nephew or his stepson, uh, a man called Christian Sperling, came up with a purchased a, a, a toy submarine from F.W. Woolworth and created a head with plastic wood and photographed it, submitted it to, and gave the credibility, the credit to the photo of the photograph to an eminent surgeon called Robert Kenneth Wilson, and it was known as the Ed the Surgeon's Photograph, and it appeared in the Daily Mail newspaper. And that, for 60 years, was the definitive picture of the Loch Ness Monster. In 1994, close to his deathbed, Christian Sperling revealed it was a complete and utter hoax. Yeah. It's a shame when them things are. It is. It is a shame. It is a shame. What was the, other one? the other one you said? Yeah, that's the couple who the were driving thing. along and it, it slumped across oh, the road, yeah. Spicer was a fur buyer from a fur buyer from London and he saw the, the the monster across the road. Well, I think we've I've actually done a reenactment of that for um television program a number of years ago for BBC called, I uh, can't remember what it was called, but anyway, I did a reenactment with an Austin 10 car and it was more or less, we've figured out exactly what the Spicers saw and it looked like it was an otter and her a cubs crossing the road. An, an otter? Wow. <laughs> otter. Wow, okay. A female otter and her cubs crossing yeah, the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen an otter, Did anybody? Perfectly uh, uh, sane, because that was in her mind. That's what she wanted to see. That's right. 
Did, did, and if you want to see something, you will see it. Can I ask you, Will? Well, you can see that with all fundamentalist religions of the world when they when they they they, they, they preach to about to believe in this, believe in that, or believe in the next thing. They go absolutely go into hysterical. Uh, throwing themselves about and everything else because that's what they want to believe. Yeah. Willie, can, can I ask you the last couple of things I wanted to ask you? One of them was, when was the last time that somebody had a, a credible sighting? What's the most modern, uh, recent sighting of the Loch Ness Monster? Um, I say things quite regularly. And now that the, the, the everybody's got cameras, what is it? There is, there is a, a story, I can't reveal it uh, publicly at the present moment in time, but there is a section of photographs that's come out by a certain, certain lady that they're, they're uh, debating just now exactly what it is. But these photographs were taken uh, a few years ago, but she, for obvious, for other reasons, she did not want to reveal them. But when uh, the new people took over the exhibition and done the docket, she was there and speaking to various monster hunters and one thing or other. She 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 revealed these pictures, but they're they're sort of I think under wraps. They're they're, they're, they're they're very debatable on what they are, but they're mm. amazing pictures of some. And, and and you've physically seen them? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I know the lady wow. very well. Okay. So do you, do you think in the future, Willie, they will be available to the public? Oh yeah, but they will be. Okay. Okay. There will be. Uh, the other thing, too, is as far as the whole story is concerned, my late father always said his sort of last remarks any time he was being interviewed was uh, maybe not in my lifetime, but in maybe somebody's younger lifetime, this story will definitely come to a satisfactory conclusion. Absolutely. I totally but agree with that. The... the, the, the the thing is that, that it's it's there. As I said before, if some artificial intelligence comes up with 100 crazy reasons why there's nothing there, believe you me, 50% of the people will believe there is something there. And at the end of the day, it's not doing anybody any harm. It's extremely beneficial to the economy of this area in Scotland. It's a wonderful story. It's creating business. It's making movies. It's making, the fact, there's a a movie in the pipeline just now, the documentary Loch Ness, they created a monster which just came out and concentrated only in the period of the 70s, the 1970s, when the Japanese team came over here, when Robert Rhines faked the photographs, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, the story will go on and on. Yeah, no, listen, uh, Willie, we could talk to you all night. We really, really could. Would you come on again? Absolutely, no problem at all. Oh, but you're a star. You're an absolute... Cracker. Um, listen, before you go, Willie, I, I, re I recall a, a friend of mine that used to go to the, I mean, in fact, he might still actually go regularly, like a couple of times a year. And he, I always remember him saying that he used to chat to a chap who lived in a caravan. Right yeah, Steve Holcomb. Oh, fun. That, that's what I wanted to hear from you. Confirmation Steve. that he exists. <laughs> Steve, oh yeah, Steve's been there for thirty years. Wow. Okay. Steve was the very first BBC video diary. Amazing. Wow. I bet Steve knows yeah. some stuff. I bet Steve knows I bet some he stuff. Does. Yeah, we'll have to get him on. Yeah. If you go onto YouTube and look up uh, BBC video diaries, Steve Feltham, F E L T H A M, 
he was the very, very first video diary when he left Dorset or wherever he came from in the south of England in a converted mobile library and parked it on the shores of Loch Ness. He drove around Loch Ness for long enough until the van gave up its ghost and is wow. now parked at the village of Doors. And all the TV crews used to say to me, if you're a crackpot, he's far from a crackpot. If you guys are more crackpot than he is, very, very sane, absolute, amazing guy who is totally, totally dedicated, great authority on, and people come from all over the world. He's done stacks of TV stuff, interviews, you name it. Very, very genuine guy. And he's still there, Willie. He's still living in his... In his uh... I'm back two days ago. I think he was... Uh, I don't know if he was in Thailand or somewhere from... Okay. Wow. Oh, months. that's fantastic. Willie Cameron, Mr. Loch Ness, thank you so much for your time. And it has been an absolute pleasure. And my, I'll tell my, you what, we, you know, next time me and Damo come up to, to you know, Inverness, we, Scotland, we, 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 we must meet up. We must. Please, please, please uh, just get in touch with me. You've got my number. You've got my number. Anyway, you can Google me and you'll find out exactly where I am. We have hotels up here. We have uh, cottages. We have, I I know everybody here. We can get you fixed up with something, oh, whatever you want. You're a lovely guy. And uh, you'll eat well, drink well, and you'll meet some very, very interesting people. And we could actually see the Loch Ness Monster. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? Believe you me, gentlemen, the truth is out there. Before you go, Willie, can I just say as well, for myself personally, and I think I speak for Nick and all our listeners as well, um, and for my definitely for my childhood, thank you so much for being part of, of that magic. That, that is probably the most yeah. magical story out there to do with cryptids, the paranormal, anything in the world. There's nothing like Loch Ness, and you are an important part of that. So long may you continue to thank do you. that, mate, and thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Very much obliged, gentlemen. It's my pleasure. I think you're doing a, a great programme, and... Uh, all these things have got to be told. You can't Absolutely. keep these stories, uh, believe you me, under the surface. They've got to come to the top. Oh, thank you so much. Wonderful man. Thank you. Thank you very much, Wellie. Mate. How cool was that? I'm going to tell you, cool you now, it it's very rare for this to happen, but parts of that show there then, I, do you know it's weird? We all reminisce and we miss our childhood and that lot. We yeah. have the moments. There was so many times when he was talking about Loch Ness and I was going through so many books I'd read on the monster and the... the, 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 the <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I got this, like, really cosy, lovely feeling listening to it and the fascination oh, again. Really? Yeah, but the fascination lovely. with... this this Because it's just mystical, you know, it's a... Yeah. A massive area. One thing you didn't mention there, I don't think, is that how dark the water is. I mean, it's not like as though you can go under the water and look around. It's just it's just like there's that much soot and like dirt or figure up in the water. You can't see in front of your face anyway. It's not what like they call it? is it silt? Silt Celt, it might silt? be. It's silt, silt it yeah. might be silt, but what? I mean, come on. Gosh. What a guest. Do you know what? I I just thought to my I, I could listen to him. Oh, I could listen to him for hours and hours and hours. I will be honest, and got he was to, making me angry. We have to go up there. We have to go and travel up to yeah. Loch Ness. Do you know the other thing? sit down, have a good, have a, have a pint with Willie. Yeah, the, the other thing is, I have mentioned this to him, but I've always said all my life, since, since the lottery came out, and I can remember where I was, I was in a pub called the Dunrobin where we used to go drinking, me and my mates. And uh, yeah. we, we honestly weren't 16, obviously, but we used to go drinking in this pub. And I can remember right. when the lottery came out and someone said to me, uh, what would you do if you won the lottery? And the first thing I said was I'd buy a couple of houses. I'd have one here in Stoke 
and one somewhere else. And they said where? And I said I'd have an house overlooking the lot. That's that's where I wanted like to nice. go. I want that. No, no. I want, don't go uh-huh. Y. Don't go LA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where do you want yeah. one? I want one on the just look, overlooking the lock because I just imagine just sitting there with a cup of coffee mm. or a whiskey or a beer, or whatever, just looking out across the lock. And I would never get bored of looking into that water. Just, just in your pants. Just in your me- pants, having a whiskey, having yes. you know, just just is sat that there not- enjoying the view. Is that, that not I, the I can only see way? That. That's not the I only way. Well, I did see that not so long ago, guys, because I don't know I don't know if you know this, but just before we actually did the show, we were doing a sound check, and our friend Nick decided to stand up <laughs> and derobe derobe down to his pants just before we did the interview on the on the camera. Yeah, because I, I tell you, I tell you why, Damon. I tell you why. I, I don't know what's going on with my heating system, but yeah. Taking a while to turn off. Well, there might be something wrong with your your uh, heating system, but I'll tell you something: there was absolutely nothing wrong with my gag reflex. Nothing, because <laughs> it went perfectly. You're a sick man. You are a sick man. I think you it's called reflex. Listen, look. Before we get on to a Stepani supernatural quiz, Going I just away. want to say a massive, massive shout out and happy birthday to Amelie and Ellie. Oh, yeah, Woo! well, happy birthday. Do you know what, Damo? They are leaplings. They are leaplings. leaplings. Happy birthday to Amelie and Ellie. Like Their birthday is only four years every year. Every four years. <laughs> so how does, that, how does that work out? Does that mean that the... Are they like dogs and cats where they get extra years? Well, Amelie... Amelie is, is three years old. Okay. You know, A.K.A. 12. Right. I think that's the way to, to, to look at it. I mean, basically, their their official birthday is every four years. Every so four years? Yes, every four years. So, every four years, mate. So, so by the time that they'd be 40, they'd actually class as 10? Possibly, yeah. No, yeah. no, that'd be over and, 10 and years. Do you know what? That'd be over 10 years, mate. That'd be over 10 they're years. They're my nieces. They're my nieces, Amelie and Ellie. So, love you loads. Happy birthday. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful yes. birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, I'm going to catch up with you next weekend, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Also, hello to Amber from Milton Keynes, and she says she would love to sit down for a chat with both of us. Okay, about okay, what? Okay, interesting. About interesting. what? About what? Well, I don't know. Hey? I don't know. She just said, uh, Amber from Milkane says she would love to sit down for a chat with both Nick and Damo. So it's let's either, make it so. It's either she's got a great story or she's with the FBI. Which one do we think? I think she's got a great story. I hope so. Well, I'm just looking at Josh, and he's he's smirking at me, so he must know. We must have a number. Have we got a number? We have got a number. Right. Well, let's not call her live. <laughs> let's let's reach out nicely this time. Shall we? Yeah. <laughs> reach, out, reach out nicely. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Have you got a number? I've got a number. Shall we, shall we ring it and ask her what she wants to talk about? We could do. What's the worst that could happen? Well, let's have a look. Give me two seconds. Okay, just just to talk about, I mean, how can people get in touch, Damo? How can people get in touch with the show? And I'll get, Josh, can you just pass me that number? Well, well, they can get in touch with us uh, various ways. Um, I mean, obviously, we've now got the modern way, which is using social media. So we've got Facebook. We've got a page on there. We've got um, 
uh, X, a Twitter file, uh, which is X now, isn't it? Um, I think we're on Instagram. They can also contact us at undiscoveredplanet at Outlook. Hotmail? Hotmail. No, Hotmail. 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 Outlook. What are you talking about? Mate. What are you talking about? No, I was looking at you in your pants and describing you. You're a Hotmail. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So it's undis- Undiscovered Planet at Hotmail.com. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Um, right, I've got the number. Thanks, Josh. Um, also, just to let you know, Damo, that Amber has recorded a... I mean, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's, if I can find it, that is. I mean, where have you put it, Josh? Okay, here we go. Ready for Stepani's Supernatural Quiz? That's the correct answer, Damo. You good, good boy. <laughs> Oh, how cool is that? How about this one? This is the incorrect. Game, are you twit? That's the incorrect answer. <laughs> Did she call me a prick? <laughs> Did she call you a what? Did she say you prick? No, she didn't. I, mean, no. I, I, I hope not. I don't know. I hope not. We can find I out because be. we're ringing her now. Right. Let's, let's see if she answers it. You know, I mean, let's, this is a one-time thing. Will she answer? Will she? Will she just ignore us, Damo? I, I know these. she's got kids, so you know. I who knows these. what's going on? I do love who knows what's going on? My first question to Amber is: Did you call Damo a prick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't, doesn't look good, does it? Not it really. Does not look good. Oh my goodness me! What are we going to do? Come One on more on ring, on. and then we'll go, the phone. we'll go to the, the quiz. Mobile oh. is currently unavailable. Shall we leave her a message? Please. Shall we leave her a message after the time? Yeah, yeah go on then. You do it, Dano. Oh, okay. number, un, 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 uh, number un, un, unavailable, it says. Okay. Oh. Uh. What a shame. Okay. Shall we try one more? One more? We were ringing now. Shall we just call her again one more time? Go on, just in case she goes really funny. What do you want? Shall we? Yeah, go on. All right. Here we go, then. <laughs> she put the phone down. <laughs> Amber. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, never mind. Yes. Never mind. Moving on. We will speak to her. We will speak, we'll speak to her. Moving on to Stepani's Supernatural Quiz. Mm-hmm. So, as always, Damo, we've got five questions for you. Yes. Okay. One point for each question. Will you get a full house five out of five? Yes, I will. And... You better, you better, else you'll get spanking. Okay, simple <laughs> as that. Okay, so question number one is when was the first reported sighting of the Loch Ness Monster? Was it A, 1933, or B, 1872? 15 seconds on a clock, please. So when was the first reported sighting of the Loch Ness Monster? A, 1933. Or B, 1872. What's your answer, Damo? Nick, I would like to say it's 1933. That's the 
resembling is it a is it a a plesiosaur or is it b a megalodon a megalodon a megalodon <laughs> a or b demo 15 seconds on the clock so what is the loch ness monster commonly described as resembling is it a a plesiosaur or b a megalodon and Megalodon. Oh, you are the gift that keeps on getting. Okay, absolutely. Is it A or B, Demo? A or B? It's it's a plesiosaur. Please. <laughs> Not a plesiosaur. That's the correct answer, Demo. You get your point. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So it's funny because Josh has actually he he's he's phonetically wrote. The those words out for me, and he's put P L E S Y space O. It's please you saw me. You stupid boy, Josh. Okay, question number three: Who famously conducted an extensive investigation of Loch Ness, searching for the monster in 1970? Damo, was it A. Dick Rinkler? Or B, Robert Rhines. 15 seconds on the clock, please. So who famously conducted an extensive investigation of Loch Ness, searching for the monster in 1970? A, Dickie Winkler, or B, Robert Rhines? What's your, what's your answer, mate? Well, A or B? Using my deduction of knocking names down, I'm pretty sure yeah. that I, I've i seen Dick Rinkler in a film years ago. Have <laughs> you? Yeah. So yeah. It's a blue movie. A blue movie. Yes. Oh, you sick yeah, With Rod Jeremy. I'm, it's not him. He can't be him. <laughs> if it's Dick Rinkler, mate, I, I don't bother if I've got it wrong. It's, it's the other okay. guy. It's Wretched, what his name is, isn't it? Yeah. Robert Ryan. Robert, Robert that's Ryan. him. Yeah, yeah. That's the correct answer, Damo. You get good point. <laughs> well done, well done. Okay, three out of five. Moving on to question number four, Damo. Which technology has not been utilised in the search for Loch Ness? Okay. So, which technology has not been utilised in the search for the Loch Ness Monster? Is it A, sonar, or is it B, radar? 15 seconds on the clock. Which technology has not been utilised in the search for the Loch Ness Monster? A, sonar. Or is it B, radar? What's your answer, Damo? A or B? Nick, I would like to say it's radar. Are you sure? Mate, sonar's definitely been used. You sure? Are you absolutely 100%? I'm 101%. Okay, we're locking in. B, radar. Has been, hang on. The question you asked was, has not been used, That's correct? The... Yeah? Has not been used. Yes, radar. Radar's not been used. Okay, so we're locking in B. Yes. 
This is a five out of five demo. Yep. Are you ready for it? Are you Let's ready it. for it? Yes, I am. Okay. What was the result of the most famous photo purported to show the Loch Ness Monster? Taken in 1934 by surgeon Robert Wilson. Was it A was later proven to be a hoax. Or B, it remains inconclusive to this day. 15 seconds on the clock. So what was the result of the most famous photo purported to show the Loch Ness Monster taken in 1934 by surgeon Robert Wilson? Is the answer A, a hoax, or B, inconclusive? This is so so tense because I need this. I am five out of five, mate. If you get this right, oh, I'm so tense. So Absolutely tense. Unbelievable. I think if our viewers were listening to the fantastic Willie, just they will have heard Willie describe to all of us and to educators with the fact that the surgeon's photo turned out to be a well-planned fake. Okay, so you're saying a? It was fake. That's the correct answer, oh, David. Oh, oh. Good, good, Well done. Beautiful. Well done. Five out of five for Stepani's Supernatural Quiz. Yes. Thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful time. I'm so proud of you, Damo. Thank you. I really am. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got to say, I've got to... Oh, flipping it. I'm pressing the wrong buttons here. Flipping Nora. <laughs> Uh, five out of five. Well done, Damo. Well Thank done. You. But I've Thank got to you. say, I've got to, I've got to say, what a, what a fantastic show. It's Dave. been brilliant. What a fantastic show. Big thank you to Amber from Milton Keynes for those yes. lovely sound bites. Thank you, Amber. And uh, Amber, you, you know, we tried to call you twice. We did. On the show. We did. We failed. We're sorry we failed. as well if we disturbed you. We're sorry. Yeah, no, well, I'm not sorry. You are, you may be sorry, Damien, but I'm not. But come on this and talk to do. us. Come on and talk to this us. This is what we do. She wants to talk to you and me together. So let's right, sort okay. it out. We'll okay. arrange it. We'll sort it out. Okay. Well, listen, look, a big thanks to Willie Cameron. Yes. Um, check him out. Just, just put in Willie Cameron on YouTube, yeah. a.k.a. Mr. Loch Ness. You'll see what he is about. He is awesome. He is awesome. And now a friend of the show. So yes. So big thanks Mr. to Willie Cameron. Uh, Damon, I'm going to give you the last words, my little chicken nugget. So over to you. All I'd like to say this week is it doesn't matter who you are in life. Uh, you could be uh, Dick Rinkley. It doesn't really matter who you are. <laughs> what? What? When, whenever we do this, I'm I'm mindful, and so is Nick. That, like everybody, yeah. normally if you're if you're listening to a podcast, you're listening to this on your own. I'm talking to you right now. You driving your car, you in your bed, you that's making something in the kitchen, you that's running from the police with your with your headphones on. Whoever you are, or not, or not necessarily on their own. Maybe it could be a group partner, of course, making love, yeah. uh, well, making love to our partner. Thank podcast. you for that image once again. Thank, thank you. you very much for that image, Nick. Um, yeah, guys, ah. listen. If you want, can you stop for a second? Just why I say this anyway, right? Um, and love is a, is a beautiful thing, so I never not that. I never not that. But yeah, just share our love. 
as well. We we just in a world with everybody else with tiny little specks floating around on probably a, an even tinier speck that's floating in the middle of everything. And we're just trying to make sense of it. We're trying to make sense of it with you, our fantastic listeners. We've still got it growing uh, internationally. And we just want people to keep passing that on. That's all we want. Just pass it on to one more person. And also, sorry to everybody we haven't got back to uh, who contacted us on emails. We do get quite a lot. We do read all of them. So don't think that we don't. We do read all of them. Um, But obviously, we will get around to replying to most if we can. Um, And all the people that have got stories for us as well, again, we'll get you on as soon as we can. But do keep them coming in. Because obviously we want Absolutely. to keep spreading the love of the paranormal world. Spreading the love. Come on. Come on. I thought by way of a change, and I know you're going to appreciate this, I thought what a fitting song to end today's show. So good night. God bless. Good day. Whatever time it is that you listen to the show. Good morning. Whatever it is. Thank you. Thank you.